I was most excited, although it didn't work out because my flight got even more the, delayed than yours, to meet you in person because mm-hmm. I've, I've been a huge fan. Oh, thank you. This is Jen <laughs> Chen. Jen with two N's, Chen with one N, <laughs> right? From L- LMN mm-hmm. Architects mm-hmm. in Seattle. Another yes. a city that I absolutely love. I've been a fan since 2020. I feel like I think of you as the interior designer, investigative journalist that oh. blew the lid off <laughs> of the interior design problem mm-hmm. that we don't we haven't talked about or that we really weren't aware of, mm-hmm. right? That um, interior design has a huge impact mm-hmm. on global warming, mm-hmm. and um, and you did this through this study, which I know we've talked about a little bit mm-hmm. today, but maybe tell us again what you did. So usually when you look at the total uh, building uh, life cycle analysis um, or the embodied carbon impact, um, usually the interior finishes in the pie chart is very low. It's a it's a fraction of the overall impact. But um, a building usually lasts for 50, 60 years, maybe longer. Um, but the interiors within that building often get switched out every 10 years on average. Uh, For workplace, that is true. For retail or hospitality, it's more frequent. Um, And I started to wonder about what the impact would be with cyclical renovations. So we used our firm's office as our case study where we looked at all the past um, renovations we have done and we prorated uh, two floors of uh, structure and envelope of our building um, and we found that over 60 years uh, in the building's existence, the interior overall and body impact uh, rivals could surpass envelope and structure, which was a shock once we actually did the study and had the numbers behind it. Um, yeah, so that's where we started this conversation and we're hoping to bring more awareness. I think because um, it had been just a fraction in people's mind uh, previously when you build a new building, that the future cycles don't get taken into consideration. So the interior designers are sort of left out of this um, conversation. And um, we do have a huge responsibility. Every time we put something in, it might get cycled out later. Yeah. And Metropolis, Avi Rajagopal, who Mm -hmm. we both love, Mm -hmm. somehow found out about your research and Mm -hmm. picked it up and published it in this issue that I think, I don't know if it was the title of the article or the title of the cover, but it's like interior designers, save us, (laughs) or we have a much bigger impact than we ever imagined. And to me, that was just, to me, a a pivotal point Mm -hmm. in our, in the trajectory of interior design. And, um, you know, we have a reckoning to do Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you're about to go speak in Canada mm-hmm. about the same thing. <laughs> we are in a barn, like we We're said. We're in a barn. <laughs> we have flies. Um, yeah, so you're about to go speak in Canada. Did you, are you doing that a lot? Do you feel like you've kind of become this spokesperson in a, in a way? I don't know if I would be this spokesperson. I think I, I'm the one that blew the lid off, and now there's a lot of people doing incredible work around this. Um, but obviously – Going from, okay, now I know this, what do I do with this information is uh, is the next step. And um, that takes examining how we practice, um, how we make decisions might need to shift um, in terms of the materials that we use. Do we always need to use new materials? Do we always need to demolish or demolish um, an existing space to make way for new? What can we preserve? Um those sort of decisions are now 
kind of what I think about on a daily basis and not yeah. something that I necessarily thought about before. Right. I yeah. didn't think about these even, I hate to say it, even five years ago. Yeah. Definitely not 10 years ago. Yeah. Now, okay, so let's backtrack. Let's go back. Okay. Maybe even way farther back than mm-hmm. 10 years, like when you were a kid or when you were young. Like when were you first interested? Like you must have had obviously some passion or interest here, beca- yeah. in order to make this a research topic that you wanted to delve into. You must have been thinking about it and been curious. So how did this, how did your journey start? So, well, I'll go way back. I think we spoke a little bit and I didn't realize the impact of this film um, that I saw when I was maybe in grade school, but it's uh, uh, Miyazaki's film, Naoisuka, Valley of the Wind. This is going way back, but I didn't realize the impact it had on me. Um, In it, there's this princess where I would actually call her a warrior um, and this is sort of a post-apocalyptic world where human have polluted water. So plants and bugs are coming out polluted. Um, but this warrior princess found that deep within the earth, there's still clean water. And what they thought was dangerous was actually a human kind of cost, um, issue. Um, so anyway, she goes through this process of trying to convince people that the the insects aren't dangerous um, and they're not bringing poison or the, the, the vegetation is not bringing poison. Anyway, long story short, I feel like when I look back, that film made me kind of realize that the environment is what we have to protect and we mm-hmm. are stewards of it and we need to take care of it and understand it and not kind of go against its natural yeah. cycle. Um, and then fast forward, I you know, saw it when I was young, didn't think about it. Um, And then when I was in college, I actually have a fine arts degree, but I didn't know what I want to do exactly. And um, at the last year of my uh, education, I thought I wanted to do installation art, but I wanted something a little more lasting. Mm -hmm. And then I also, well, I wanted to experience or design experiences in general. And then I also took a class in sustainable business practices and I mashed that together and at the time typed in green interior designer, Hmm. um, found uh, Lydia Corser, a lady um, down in Santa Cruz, California, and I up and moved and started working with her and that opened a whole new world, I guess. Of possibilities in terms of designing experiences or indoor environments, but doing it a sustainable way. So funny, we almost align our 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 college tracks. I Uh also studied fine arts, and I was also interested in installation art. Oh, nice! But I went Mm -hmm. a little bit of a different. I didn't find that that person in Santa Cruz. I kind (laughs) of went a different route. Yeah, (laughs) that's amazing. Yeah, that just compounded. I would say at first I didn't have any knowledge in it, but just hearing people talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I almost learned by attrition. Like mm-hmm. suddenly one day I was fluent in the language just by being exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that took me, I guess. All these different places. Yeah. yeah. When you just start digging, you just, mm-hmm. and then, you know, obviously you found kind of your, your passion, your, mm-hmm. your, the place where you really want to start digging in. Yeah. 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 And I think you, it's the, the carbon, because it was such a revelation and a shock to mm-hmm. me. I mean, I had a I had a suspicion, but I didn't realize that it could rival structure and envelope. So, 
from there, that sort of become like, okay, the next step, what can we do? What's yeah. our stretch goal? What can we change today? Um, knowing what we know. That will make a big impact. Yeah. 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 I wonder too if that film that you saw when you were a child, because you described it as she was a princess. No, she wasn't really a princess. She was a warrior. Yeah. And I love that, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, navigating this world as a woman is a challenge. And I mm-hmm. think um, having a different mindset for our roles is mm-hmm. so important. And I, I feel a little bit of the same way too. I really didn't want to, I didn't want to confine myself to my gender role. And I was, mm-hmm. I really was trying to, to, to make that a bigger thing. And I, yeah. I imagine that you did the same thing. And mm-hmm. I, I love this idea of no, forget the princess. Yeah. Let's be the warrior. And I will say as a woman, I think she exemplified the nurture that people sort of associate with um, women, but she was also tough and she had to make tough decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was funny. I um, was in a workshop and they said, oh, list your hero and all the characters about them. And I literally chose an animation character, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what were the characteristics that you chose? I think it was uh, independence, um, kind of steadfast, like Mm -hmm. saw things clearly, took care of the people around her, um, and stewardship towards the environment. So we do a similar exercise with a group that I have. And the twist on that is after you've done all that, and maybe you did the same thing, is that it turns out that... That's you. You're yeah. the hero. And it, so you're doing all these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they did They did say that. And I remember yeah. my mind being blown. It's like, oh, right. really? <laughs> That's you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you channeled you. your inner eco warrior, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, <laughs> I'll have to um, internalize that a little bit. <laughs> I can always do more. <laughs> well, okay. The, actually, that's perfect segue to my next question is, yeah, mm-hmm. what doing more. What's next? Yeah, you've done you've done this big. I mean, it's hard to top what you've done now, right? You've kind of blown the lid off of interior design and our impacts, and like, what can you possibly do next that would oh. have as big of a impact? Well, knowing on this is one industry. thing. Um, doing and really challenging what I've been doing before, because even now I look back at what I've decisions I've made before. And it's like, well, I didn't know this then, mm-hmm. did I? Um, I think what's next is putting it into practice, knowing what tools are out there and helping um, develop tools that makes it easier to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we recently worked on a project uh, where we try to implement as much reuse as possible um, because we found that just finding lower embodied carbon materials but practicing business as usual is, it does help, but it doesn't, um, it's less impactful than if you could preserve what you already have. That and, might be your next yeah. subject. And yeah. we talked about it a little bit, that mm-hmm. you actually ran the carbon calculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, you, you utilized a, a large percentage of recycled furniture or products in a project, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you lowered that carbon number by a huge amount. I was shocked. Yeah, it was... Uh, Nearly 70%. And we we have um, initial calculation where if we had just chosen uh, low-embodied carbon material, it would be a, about 22, 20, 22 to 25%. Yeah. Um, 
you know, when we were working on this new project, which we're going through all the data now to make sure um, we can back up our claim, but I was thinking about, uh, I think it was a National Geographic seg segment where they talked about birds will find other nests that has been built, and if it suits their needs, they will just take it and then maybe mm -hmm. update it a little bit. Right. but add a few twigs. Yeah, just <laughs> to make it. sure it's structurally <laughs> functional. Yeah. Um, and we can do that too. I mean, we can find existing spaces that work for our needs and minimally intervene it to work. Um, it's possible. And I yeah. think, and I, I think I mentioned a little bit about the idea of ownership and uh, whether new is always better because I think we're always saying like, the newest, best thing is what we need. And yeah. that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. Um, but I think when we also think about being stewards for the things that we do own and take good care of them, yeah. that's where family heirlooms come from. Exactly. Um, and if we just thought about what we have um, and see them in a different light, maybe. So true. We need to get off that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And we can still make things look great and feel great even if it's not the next newest thing or look even better i mm -hmm. mean i've seen a lot of fashion where they do that where mm -hmm. they take a an item and they re and it's almost more interesting mm -hmm. because it has that history and mm -hmm. it has that you know that kind of it's it's not something that's just fabricated out of thin air mm -hmm. it has certain constraints and it has to tie into the past but mm -hmm. then be something transform i think there's yeah. so much i think it's so much richer and more potential in utilizing a mixture of new and old. Yeah. And I do feel like innovation happens when there are more constraints sometimes. Like yeah. you have to think outside of the box and consider new ways of thinking about the same problem, but maybe with different solutions. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what will come out of um, where this is all going. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same here. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to your next <laughs> research topic uh, expose, interior <laughs> design expose, <laughs> and where you go next. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs>